Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Bridge. What is this new series we're in right now? Nathan, for everyone in the back. It's on friendship. Uh, what are we calling it? It's a, thank you, which is from Toy Story Legendary. Very good. What did we learn last week? Who does friendship start with? Starts with me. Starts with us, right? Absolutely so. Uh, how do we find good friends? We learned last week. By first what? Who said it? Was that you? Yeah, what did you say nice and loud? That's right. We first find friends by first being a good friend. Uh, we cannot only expect people to initiate and start with us. But we did say last week it's a two-way street. So that applies to us this week as well. I mean, teaching guys, you guys would put it up uh, for me on the screen. Yes, the series is called You've Got a Friend in Me, but tonight's teaching is called Go to the Next One for Me. We want to be building community and not a click. I made the slides. You guys like them tonight? They're actually pretty clean, pretty fancy stuff, right? So yes, I absolutely want to build a community with you guys and not a click. So my thoughts and questions and ideas that I want to go over with you guys is what is our role here in this youth group as a community? How should we be as a youth group? How do you feel? How do people feel as they walk through our doors or drive up to our church? Look inside yourself for a second and ask, are we doing our part? We talked about ourselves last week, how it starts with us, absolutely, but now we're talking about the community now, all of us together. Are we doing our part? And a question I have is, do we have confusion between being a community and friendship? I think those are two different things that sometimes we intertwine. So, uh, anyone ever seen the movie The Jungle Book? So good, so good. And what is the law of the jungle? Does anyone know the law of the jungle? I'm going to put it for you on the screen, but does anyone know it by chance? For the strength of the pack? Does anyone know this? Has anyone heard this before? Okay, throw it up on the screen. Let's look at it together. On the count of three, we're all going to read it together, okay? One, two, three, here we go. For the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. What does that mean? Yeah. Okay, there's a reliance on each other. What else? Yeah, Xander. Okay. Anything else? I agree. No, that's great. That's great. What else? Good, good. Yeah, good, good. As was I. Yeah, anything else there? I think these are all true things. No, I heard it been said that friends form our packs. They are our protection and our community. So next week, I'm going to be teaching you guys about, man, how can I be a good friend? What does a good friend look like, right? So we'll be talking about the marks of friendship. So if you're worried, like, man, he didn't talk about how I can actually be a good friend, we're going to get to that next week. But here's what I know, is I don't have to convince you. I know you. I know this group. I don't think I have to convince you about friendships. I think you want friendships. I think you know you're born for it born for it, excuse me. But we as humans, we're not designed to face life by ourselves. Check this out in Genesis chapter two. Before the creation of Eve, God said of Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. So what happens when we don't have it? 
We're lonely. And the problem with loneliness is I believe that's where Satan tears us up. Loneliness is a feeling that eats away at us. It causes feelings of depression, anxiety, and isolation. Ben Stewart, he says that isolation, referring to this generation, it stalks you. Check this out. He also says this with me on the screen. God placed within us a call to be something and a call to belong to something. You're called to be a child and you're called to belong to a family. You're called to be a Christian and belong to a church. You're called to be a warrior and belong to an army. Who can tell me something about the Spartan army? Spartan warriors. Okay, they, they were strong and they very rarely lost. Very good. Yes, Asher. Yes, Asher. Excellent. Anything else? Yeah, Yurik. Let's go. Come on. Like, literally. Okay, so let's run with Yurik's thought for a second. Check this out. Yurik said they have each other's backs. In fact, that was part of why they were so victorious in battle, right? There's a picture you guys can put up on the screen. It says that the Spartans, they were a warrior society in ancient Greece, and they were highly skilled in combat. And they emphasized two things, unity and discipline. Anyone, can anyone pronounce that word that starts with a P? How do I say that? I heard like three different things. Phalanx or phalanx? All right, cool. Not, I'm getting no, I feel like you guys are messing with me right now. Okay, cool. They used this formation where soldiers stood close, creating a strong defense and powerful attack force. They were trained, like Asher said, from a young age, making their army one of the most feared in ancient times. So as I read this, I'm reminded of the early church. The early church, courts in Rome would be on record saying that what are we going to do because they weren't called Christians, but the Christ ones. It says that they were turning the world upside down. You could read with me on the screen. Barbara just read this a moment ago. It says in verse 6 that these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. In Acts 2.42, man, why were they flipping the world upside down? Why was the gospel not just staying in Jerusalem, but now spreading into other parts of the globe now? It's basically with how they were practicing community, as we see in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayer. But it's not just that. As you know, historically, even persecution is actually one of the things that drove them to spread out and take the gospel other places as well. So this was the first church, right? This is how they were thriving. This is why they were thriving. And I want you and I to be a community that is this, through this community, we're flipping our world upside down. And they're saying, man, these Christians, through their love for one another, because it does say in the word of God, well, actually, I'm, I'm giving you clues now, How will Jesus be recognized through us? Through what? Is it just through our love? Is that where it ends? Is it just through our love? Or what's the next part of that? Through our love for what? One another. I think that we end it at love. And I don't think that's a good message, right? I think that's part of it. But the complete message the text says is that Christ will be recognized through our love for who? One another, the Christian community. Not just loving people, but it's through our love for one another. People who are devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, right? 
And ultimately, the heart of this is that Jesus would be known. This is why community matters. This is why friendship matters is, yes, I don't want you guys to be lonely. Yes, I don't want Satan to tear you guys up. But I want Jesus to receive more glory. I want him to be known. I want people to find salvation. So the first church was doing great with this. How are we doing today? If I surveyed you, as much as I love you and care about you, you know, I'm in here with you on Wednesday, and I see this on Thursday in young adults. I see so many people consistently in church who are lonely or divided or isolated. As James would say, this ought not be so. In the original language, when we see this word devoted, it would have meant to give constant attention to a thing. This early church, they were constantly giving attention to the teaching of the word of God. They were constantly giving attention to fellowship. And beyond that, they were constantly giving their attention to prayer. Fellowship would mean the intimate bond of fellowship which unites Christians. So are we giving attention to this? Are we giving attention to fellowship? Would you say we're doing that? Are we constantly doing that? I believe that that is what our calling is while we are here. Now, one of my jobs, what, what's another role or name for me? It starts with an S as a pastor. What am I? I'm a what? I'm like a shepherd, right? And I believe that one of my jobs is to have eyes for sheep who are not alone, or excuse me, who are alone. So man, I just remember being in here on Thursday night. I had got done teaching. And then as a shepherd, I feel like I see people who are alone, you know? And I, and I, want, I wish you guys would see that as well. But like, I'll be, let's say I was talking to Benjamin right now. Man, I can see someone alone over here. I can see someone alone over here. I can see someone alone over here. It's not that I'm not giving you my attention, but it just breaks my heart, right? Because I know the pain of loneliness. That's not a good thing. I don't like to see that. I don't love to see that. That concerns me. And it's like, man, we're gonna be alone for a second. Like, there's a blessing of solitude. Like Jesus practiced that. But alone is a different situation. Now let's talk about for a moment the difference between fellowship and friendship. See, what is, is this right here? You know, when it says they, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Would you say this is fellowship, what's happening right here on a Wednesday night? Yeah, it absolutely is, okay? Is there a difference between fellowship and friendship? Yes, there is. Let's check this out with, uh, check this out with me on the screen for a moment here. Fellowship and youth group means being part of a close-knit community where everyone shares the same mission and purpose. We're here to love God and love people, to bring glory to his name, to win people for the kingdom of God. It's like being part of a big family where you support each other and you encourage each other. But deep friendships, on the other hand, are the one-on-one relationships you have with people inside this time and outside this time. I love this, this quote from C.S. Lewis, who also wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He says, friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what you two, I thought I was the only one. Now, yes, we all agree these two things are different, but where should our friendships hopefully be coming from? From what? It's on the screen. From, from the fellowship, right? I mean, I don't think it always works out like that, but can it work out like that? Absolutely so, it absolutely. See, there can be a lack of fellowship here, however, because the friendships are, that are already made are not aware of the others. 
Let me say that again. There can be a lack of fellowship here because the friendships that are already made are not aware of the others. Are you guys good? Okay, you guys got to focus and listen if you're going to be here, okay? What is it called? Because what did I say devotion was? I don't want to put it up on the screen. What did we say? Devotion is being what? Let's go. Good. Giving your constant attention to something. Okay. So what if the friendships are not giving their attention to the fellowship? When they're unaware, what is that called? It's a C word I'm looking for. When a friend group is not aware of the rest of the group, what is that? Was that you, Hannah? Okay, good job. Give someone else a chance. <laughs> Thank you for having my back, though. I appreciate you, Hannah. Thank you. I feel like you're, like, looking out for me, like, no one's helping him. Help the dang guy. Okay, thank you, Hannah. Good. Yes, it is a click, Hannah. Check this out with me on the screen. A click is a small, exclusive group of people within a larger social group who are perceived as being unfriendly to others and often excluding them. Clicks, clicks can be detrimental because they are creating divisions within the larger group, leading to feelings of exclusion, isolation, and social hierarchy. They can foster an environment of exclusion and elitism, making it difficult for others to feel accepted or integrated. Now, I, I, with, with Isaac, is Isaac in here right now? Maybe he's like rocking security or something for me right now. I've, me, and, me and Isaac have talked about clicks before. And I've asked this question. Are clicks bad? Are clicks bad? What do you think? Like in, in this situation, obviously, right? But what do you guys think? Are clicks bad? Okay. Explain further. Or someone, someone help him out. Or clicks bad. He said in, a, in themselves are not entirely bad, which I agree with. So I heard someone talking over here. Okay. 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 Agreed. You're right. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, Eric, I agree. Okay, so as I thought through it, they are bad, right? They are, because friendship is friendship, and is friendship beautiful? Absolutely. We're gonna talk more about that next week. Friendship is absolutely beautiful. But as I've processed it, and and I agree, because that's where I stand, and I stand with you as well, right? Man, we're finding, man, shared hearts and interests and we're connecting. That's a beautiful thing. But I think what you described and what you just described are actually beautiful friendships. But a friendship becomes a click when it overflows into making other people feel insecure or excluded. And then that group starts to feel elite. But here's my heart, man. I've been here a long time. I don't think people who might actually be a click are intentionally doing this. I think it's really what we talked about in Acts 2.42. It says that they were thriving because they were devoted to fellowship. Meaning what? What is devotion? They were constantly aware. Right? Let someone else go. Thank you. You're killing it for me. I appreciate it. You're awesome. 
right? They were constantly aware. I think that clicks happen is not because we're elitist. Anyone ever seen Mean Girls? It's kind of old now. That's like the ultra Hollywood form of that. I don't know if that exists anymore. I was homeschooled then, and so I have no context for the matter. Is that the case? Maybe with like Brie and Jaylene. I don't know. They're probably a click, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stuff, right? But no, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's when we're not constantly aware that this can happen within this place. I'm preaching to us as a church right now. So when a friendship becomes a click and it hurts community, only then it's bad. So whose example should we follow to prevent this? Yes, that's the right answer. Okay, before you put... Um, my epic slide, I created my greatest slide I've ever made in a moment, but you can't see it yet. It's, it's gonna go viral, I think, when you see it. Okay, making sure you didn't put it up there, good. Um, like, talk to me. How is Jesus the perfect example of having deep friendships in times of quality with his closest, but also be inclusive to everyone? You just went. If no one goes, I'm coming back to you. Yeah, you in the back. Okay. I like this guy. Who are you? William? Welcome. We will never click you out of here, my friend. You, you can stay. Please stay. That's very good. I like that one. Very good. Very good. Any other thoughts? What do you have? Okay, yes. Let's go. Come on. Great example. I was not thinking that at all, but that's really good. Anything else to add? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's good. Check this out. This is so good. Get ready. You're going to go home and tell your parents how great I am. Oh, it's hard to read. It's not so good. <laughs> Connor, can you fix that somehow? Help me. Can you guys do like, if you hold control and plus, 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 or does that not work pro presenter? Can you guys kind of make it out? <laughs> Man! <laughs> I clearly worked kind of hard on this. Okay, cool. All right, let me, let, me, uh, let me do my best with this here. Okay, so, oh my gosh, this is a disaster. Okay, so at the top, who can read that first purple portion the, the, where it says, oh. Okay, all right, all right, Connor, do you think, boy? Okay, okay, let's go. All right, all right, all right. So can you zoom out a little bit more to where I can see the purple spot alone? Is that better? Thanks, Connor. Good job, man. Good, good, good. Okay, cool. So, so we have the larger group of followers. Oh. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's work with this. Thank you, man. That's so good. So, so helpful. Okay. So we had the larger group of followers. Did you guys know that in Luke, it actually describes that Jesus, in fact, had 72 disciples? Are you guys aware of this? We always think of the 12. David Allen, you know this, right? Okay, good, good. He actually had 72 disciples, 
And what we see with this is that, and I think that's Luke chapter 10. I can't really tell from here. In Luke 10, we see that Jesus actually sent them out in pairs to go out and do ministry, healing people, doing prophecies, and actually casting out demons, right? This was a larger group of 72 people. And with that, he tasked them with the, with the preaching of the kingdom of God. And what's interesting is if I got a head count in here, there's probably roughly 70 people within this high school youth group right now. Now, I'd like to think that every single one of you are disciples, right? And I'd like to think even more that all of you guys are Christian. And that might not be the case, and that's completely okay. So I'm aware of those factors, right? Me and Connor, I'll get into another teaching, are talking about how somehow in the Western church, we've separated being a Christian from being a disciple, but that's another conversation. But Jesus had 72 disciples. And it's interesting. It's like, man, that's about the size of our fellowship right now. Okay, so we had this larger group going on. And then with that, we see Jesus, he had the 12, as William was pointing out just a moment ago, okay? So these were his core group of followers. They shared common purpose and mission. And I think an example of this, man, as your shepherd, I tried to um, usher in some intimacy with groups at the end of the night. Man, it's hard getting groups in because, you know, I can only teach for a short time and then you guys feel rushed in groups, but it's really important for me that we actually make this happen when you guys are in groups together so that you can hopefully gain some friendship through the fellowship. And then in the fall and spring, it's a smaller group, probably of about 12 students typically for discipleship. And then again, we become like family on the mission trip. I think that's very true, right? But then beyond that, I think that whether it's, you know, this part here, this example I have about great friends, man, that could go in the larger group. I would probably put that in the larger group, okay? Don't you guys feel that you have these great friends and people you admire that you don't get to spend a lot of time with? Like when I come in here, like I see like a lot of my, like I, I like a lot of you guys, right? And I love a lot of the leaders, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's not like I'm, you know, able to, go and see a movie with every single person. Does that make sense? I think that we all have these people. It's like, man, I love you. You're awesome. We're cool. But it doesn't mean that we're going out of the larger group into the 12, okay? So here's the truth though, is I believe that it's through this, either the large group or the 12, where our inner circle is being discovered. Because if you look here, if you would go down some more, Jesus, not only did he have 72, not only did he have 12, but he had an inner three, right? See, and at this inner three, they would be present at significant events. What were the special moments, if anyone wants a million dollars next time we play Monopoly, that these three bros of Jesus would actually have special access to? The three of them, yeah. I think I, I have written down at least three, if not more. I have two written down. Yeah, so the inner three, they got to be at a special moment or event with Jesus alone. What do you got? The transfiguration, absolutely. These three were there at the transfiguration when Jesus was encountering Moses and Elijah. What's, is that what you were going to say, Nathan? What do you got? Yes, yes. That would belong in the 12, though, typically, I think, right? But that, that's great. That's a great example of intimacy within the 12, absolutely. Yeah, what do you got? That's right. These three would be with, that was my other example, in the Garden of Gethsemane as well. And Jesus, I think he shows for us that, 
man, sometimes it's better to have a few close friends than many shallow acquaintances. And we saw there were these times and special moments that were just for Jesus and the inner three. We saw it at the transfiguration. We saw it in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Man, so I think that sometimes people can get bummed as like, was I not invited to your birthday party, right? Was I not invited to your grad party? Like you went to that concert without me. Like, does Jesus want to be like socialist and communist with our friendships where everyone has equal opportunity or something like that? It's not gonna be the case. It's not gonna be the case. Some of you guys have grown up together. Some of you guys have spent time together. That's way even outside of this time at youth group. I think that you guys are gonna become closer with these things. It's not always gonna be the same. Friendships aren't bad. Friendships are beautiful. You're gonna have a large group. Man, I love people in this large group. Man, and then we're gonna have an even smaller groups from there. But then we're really gonna only have the space and capacity for a few close relationships. So don't be ashamed of your friendships, right? But friends, if you have homies, if you guys are close, beautiful. God wants that. But when does that become a problem? becomes a problem is when you're within the fellowship and you're not giving attention to the rest of the group. When it's becoming exclusive and other people start to feel left out, that's when it starts to become a problem. That's when it starts to become unhealthy. Let me see what time it is now. How much time do I have to keep going here? Okay, cool. Let's do about three more minutes. Let's end with this, okay? So we talked about the sandlot, right? Last week for a moment. And who did I reference from the Sandlot that we're going to talk about this week? Benny, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, right? Okay, who's seen, who's seen Sandlot? Okay. Was Benny a leader? He was a leader, absolutely. And talk to me about how he included Smalls in the group. Hey, you guys in the back over here? You guys right here? Are you guys listening to me? Okay, cool. Please put your phone down or whatever, whatever you're doing, okay? Yes, Leah. Okay, he invited him. Yes, can you can you unpack that a little bit more? Because I agree. Like, what what else can you say about that? I mean, I don't know. Like, in order for him to be invited, what would Benny have had to? Yes, Leah. He noticed he was alone. He didn't have anyone. So he did what you said initially. He invited him. Well, Hannah, what do you got? Okay. Yes. 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 Because Benny was a leader. Even though the, the group wasn't allowing it, Benny fought for that. That's a radical thing. What else can we learn from this? You guys are like, I can't believe Jackson's preaching to me about Sandlot right now. This is crazy. Right? What else? What else can we learn? Is there anything else? Because I have a lot. Yeah, what do you got, William? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good, William. It's good. Like Leah said, there was the initial observation 
And then there was the invitation. Like Hannah said, unlike the rest of the group, they were quick to dismiss him. But Benny showed empathy and understanding, right? Man, we can offer support and encouragement. Like we talked about a moment ago, man. He said, I'll offer to teach you baseball. You don't have everything you need. I can actually give you some of the items that you need. But here's the truth, right? Man, us with friends, us with companionship, others that are thriving, man. Benny was already a part of the group. And because he was already a part of the group, he had the courage to invite others in. And so, man, I want you to thrive but I want us to be a fellowship that doesn't let our friendships become cliques, where we're not giving attention to the people who aren't yet plugged in, where we can help people belong here and know that they're loved and they, value, they are valued here. Let me pray for you and then let's get in groups. God, I love you, Lord. And I thank you uh, for everyone here, God. And I pray that out of this large group, out of this fellowship would come friendship, God that we would do our part, that we wouldn't overlook others, but we would include others, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to learn more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.